Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. exercise and an amazing sport. As a matter of fact, it not only is a lot of fun, but I'm sure as you can testify, it requires a lot of strength and it requires a lot of teamwork. And uh, it's incredible to watch and to experience and actually participate in. Uh, Not too long ago, we got a call from uh, our oldest daughter and her husband, my son-in-law, and, and so we were just talking, and, and in the course of our conversation, they said, guess what's coming to Birmingham? And I'm like, what? They said, the World Games. And they were so excited because nothing ever goes to Birmingham, Alabama as far as a global event like that. And so they were really pumped up, and uh, it was inter- interesting because um, not only are the World Games uh, taking place Uh, taking place there, but one of the things they're actually doing is they're going to be debuting tug-of-war at this year's World Games. And there's a whole organized movement going on behind scenes that is trying to get tug-of-war instituted into the Olympic Games. And so that would be pretty amazing. And so when you think about tug-of-war, tug-of-war is interesting because it really is kind of like the ultimate experience and really in many ways kind of helps define the agony of defeat and the thrill of victory. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's just something about it. And when you're on the winning side, it's amazing. When you're on the losing side, it's very defeating and discouraging. And so with that, today we are beginning a new series of messages I'm super excited about called RTL strong. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to get jacked up during this service, so, during this series, all right? Because, uh, man, I'm just excited, and I believe as we are on the cusp of God doing something fresh and new and exciting, especially as we enter, in, enter into the fall season of ministry, uh, I'm just excited about what God has in store for us. And if you missed last week, I would encourage you to go back and, and watch it. I really shared in full detail Um, a lot of what we're believing God for, what we're praying for, what we're working towards as far as our future vision is concerned. And so today, as we talk about RTL Strong, we're really learning how we can avoid the agony of defeat in our lives and how we can experience the thrill of victory. I don't know about you, but I want to be on God's side. I want to be on a winning team, amen? Because when you're on God's side, you are on a winning team. And It's interesting because we've all experienced the agony of defeat, right? I mean, it's inevitable. It's not really a matter of if, it's only a matter of when we're going to experience the agony of defeat, of pain, disappointment, setbacks, unexpected things that we never thought would ever happen. But on the flip side of that, the thrill of victory is the mountaintop, right? It's that euphoria and that that excitement and the fulfillment and the sense of purpose and significance in our lives. And here's what I've come to realize that You know, life in and of itself allows us to experience both of those emotions, both of those aspects of life. We have the thrill of victory when we're on the mountaintop. We have the agony of defeat. But here's what I've come to realize that's so vitally important. There's nothing greater than being on the mountaintop when we're experiencing success, momentum, fulfillment, purpose, and doing that with people who are celebrating the wins with us, right? But there's also, on the flip side, nothing more defeating and discouraging than when we're walking through the valley, when we're experiencing the agony of defeat in our lives, to walk through that alone. That's the reason why it's so important that we are connected to a group. It's the reason why it's so important that we find a team to belong to. And the reason why is because, just like I love acronyms, just like the acronym of team spells, what does it say? Together, everyone achieves more, right? 
You ever heard that? Together, everyone achieves more. And that's what this series is all about. And so what I want to encourage you to do today is I want to encourage you to take your Bibles, open them up, or if you have your Bible app, go ahead and open it up on your phone there to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. And what I want to do for the next few moments is give you a little bit of a synopsis of what we're going to be talking about as far as a little background of what is going on in Exodus chapter 17. Because the people of Israel had been wandering in the wilderness. And as they were wandering through the wilderness, Moses, their leader, was doing what God had instructed him to do when it came to leading the people. Now remember, they had fled Egypt, they had crossed the Red Sea, and yet God had a plan, he had a purpose, and he was going to take them to a land that he had promised. He, had, he was going to take them to this place called Canaan. But the problem was, is that unfortunately they disobeyed God. Rather than believing in faith that God had a greater plan and purpose, they experienced fear. And therefore, they backed down and they began to drift and they began to wander in the wilderness. And here's what's interesting is that in this wilderness, as they're experiencing this, this wilderness time, there was a group of people known as the Amalekites. And the Amalekites, in many ways, were savages. In fact, what's interesting is that uh, Esau, many of you know Jacob and Esau from Genesis and the story of God's blessings was on Jacob. And Esau, unfortunately, he was the one who also happened to be the one who experienced the brunt of many consequences. And what's interesting about Amalek, Amalek happened to be the grandson of Esau. And so he was the leader of this tribe known as the Amalekites. And so the Amalekites, as I stated, were very fierce. They were brutal. They in many ways were savage. And one of the things that they were known for is they would sneak up on other tribes. And not only would they fiercely attack them, but once they attacked them, brutally attacked them, what they would do is they would steal all of the loot. They would steal all of their goods. And that's the way basically they made their livelihood. And so at this point in history, what's interesting to me is that until this point, God had fought all of the battles for the people of Israel. So therefore, he fought their battles for them. But this is the first time that God decided, rather than fighting the battle for them, he was going to fight the battle through them. And we pick up the story in Exodus chapter 17, looking at verses 8 through 15. So while the people of Israel, Israel were still in Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, which by the way is the first time Joshua's name is mentioned. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. Now notice carefully. As long as Moses's, as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became too tired and he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. And after the victory, Moses built an altar there and named it 
Yahweh Nisai, which simply means the Lord is my, what does it say? My banner. That's the sign of victory that we have as believers in Jesus Christ. The Lord is our banner. And so today I want to really just kind of unpack three specific things as we take next steps to become RTL strong in our lives. And my prayer is you'll be challenged and you'll be strengthened in your own spiritual life to become all that God has destined for you to be. And the first takeaway is this. Number one, we need to engage the battle. We need to engage the battle. Notice what Exodus 17 verses 8 and, eight and 9 says. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men, choose some people to go out and find, excuse me, and to fight the army, army of Amalek for us. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Just like Joshua went out and engaged some people to engage in battle, what's interesting is that, as I stated a few moments ago, up until this point, God had fought the battles for them, but now he wanted to fight the battle through them. And what we have to understand is that God wants to do the same exact same thing through us. He wants to fight the spiritual battle that we're facing in our day and age today through us. And one of the things that we need to under, also understand is this truth. The truth is, is that we have a real enemy. Whether you want to embrace that thought, whether you like that thought, at the end of the day, we have a spiritual adversary. John 10, 10 says the enemy, Satan, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. You say, what does that really mean? Let me tell you what that really means. What that means is, is he wants to rob you from everything Christ has come to give you. He not only wants to rob you of that, but he also wants to destroy the potential that God has placed inside of you. So he's come to steal, he's come to kill, and he wants to do everything to destroy your hopes and your dreams that God has placed inside of you. So everything good that God wants to accomplish in and through your life, our adversary, the enemy, wants to come and destroy that. He wants to kill that. He wants to rob you of everything. And so with that, it's important that we realize that we have a real spiritual enemy. This is not in your notes, but in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, it says, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And then he said, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. One of the things that we got to, I think, wake up to, and I think really since covid it has put the spotlight on so much warfare that is going down in our world, in our culture. It's, it's a ripple effect. It's impacting even our churches. It's impacting, you know, our nation, our schools, our families, just our overall society. And it's really amazing to see the fact that we have a spiritual enemy. In fact, Ephesians chapter 6 says it this way in verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. That's what we all focus on. It's who's for this and who's against that. But that's not the issue. The issue is this. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly realm. So what that means is, is that we have, once again, an enemy, an adversary that's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And the problem is, is that our spiritual and our moral principles and values and foundation that God wants us to build our lives, our marriages, our families, listen, our choices, 
everything that God wants us to build our lives upon, the enemy wants to come and he wants to take it away. He wants to erode all of that. And therefore, what we're seeing now more than ever, there is a spiritual and there is a moral drift taking place. Let me put it to you in a word picture. There is a spiritual tug of war that is happening. And Satan, our adversary, currently is winning. In other words, he's taken more turf. He's taken more ground. And where does he start? He starts in our homes. Listen, he starts in doing everything he can to steal, to rob, to kill, and destroy everything that God wants us to have and to experience in our lives. Let me just put it to you this way. This is interesting. In the year 2000, get this, in the year 2000, 70% of Americans said that they belonged to a religious body. So 70% of people in the United States of America, when you had a faith conversation with them, they would basically say, oh, well, I'm a part of this, or I belong to this church, or yes, I'm involved in this area of my life as far as the spiritual faith side of my life. In 2000, excuse me, in 2021, Gallup research reported the percentage of Americans belonging to a religious body has now dropped, listen to this, to 47%, the lowest in American history. And you know what's driving the faith decline? What's driving the faith decline, sadly and unfortunately, is the family decline. And that is the reason why we have such a heart for families. That's the reason why our children's ministry is such a high priority. That's the next generation of leaders. We're not just babysitting kids back there. We are instilling into them the truth of God's word and laying the spiritual and moral foundation in their lives. Because if they don't get it here, they're not gonna get it out there. the reason why I'm excited to, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but it's taking a big giant step of faith, that God's going to put this on a lot of your hearts. But we're launching when we go to two services, which I'll talk about here in just a minute, on September the 11th, we're going to do something on Sunday mornings for middle school and high school students. And we're excited because it's an opportunity for our students who many of them serve in our children's areas and help serve in some of the other areas, where they'll be able to come and worship with us here in our first service. Then they're going to go and break out into small groups. We'll divide them up between middle school and high school. And then after they experience that spiritual and relational time with God and each other, many of them will go and serve and help make a difference in other areas for our second service. Isn't that awesome? I'm excited about that. Why are we doing all of this? The reason why all of this is so vitally important, the reason why we have a ministry called, that, that we as a church are part of, the reason why we have something called the winning family is because we want to help families win. We want to see marriages win. We want to see parents win. Why is that so important? Because so goes the family, so goes the church. So goes the church, so goes the rest of the world. And so one of the reasons why we have got to engage in the battle is because we have a real adversary, a real enemy, and he wants to do anything and everything in his power to wipe us out, to destroy the work that God has done in and through our lives. And so with that, you may be asking the question, well, how do we engage the battle? Turn to your neighbor and say, how do we engage in the battle? I'm so glad you asked, because I want to answer that question today. The second thing that we take away from this story in Exodus chapter 17, not only do we need to engage the battle, but we got to support the mission. Listen to this, in Exodus 17, verses 10 through 12, I love this. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, 
and her climbed to the top of a nearby hill. And as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. So again, picture in your mind a tug of war. Now all of a sudden, Moses is at the top of the mountain. He's holding up the rod of God. You want to know why we're doing 21 days of prayer? That's our way of holding up the rod of God. That's a way that we're asking God to put his super on our natural. Because we cannot win the tug of war by ourselves. We need the hand and the power of Almighty God on our lives. And so therefore they were pulling and they had the advantage. Why? Because Moses was holding up the rod of God in his hand, his staff. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on, and they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands, so his hands held steady until sunset. So I want everybody to stand to your feet. Everybody stand to your feet. We're getting ready to see how strong you are today. I want everybody to hold up your hands. Get your hands up. Get your hands up. Get your hands up. In their song, get your hands up. Get your, all right, get your hands up. All right, now keep your hands raised. Just keep them raised. Now, unless you got, like, major physical challenges or something, I'll catch you some slack, okay? But listen, keep your hands raised for just a few moments. Keep your hands raised. Now, how do we defeat the spiritual enemy? Not only do we got to engage in the battle, but we got to support the mission. And notice when Moses, don't put your hands down, keep your hands up, get your hands up, get your hands up. Notice when Moses held his hands high toward heaven with the staff, the rod of God, notice the Israelites had the advantage. They were winning. They had spiritual power and momentum on their side. Keep your hands up, keep your hands up, keep your hands up. But in this process, here's what happened. Moses' arms begin to grow tired. Keep your hands up. But are you feeling a little tired? Are you starting to feel it? Are you starting to kind of quiver a little bit? Like how long is this going to last? Just keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Here's what I want to share with you today. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Man, my arms are getting start, starting to get a little achy here. Keep your hands up. See how this feels? You're starting to question, how long can I do this? And do I have the ability to keep them raised high on my own? And if you were to do this for an extended period of time, longer than what we've been going through, I promise you, you would probably begin to lower your hands. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to turn to somebody to your right or to your left. And whoever has their hand up, I want both of you to hold up their, just, just grab a hold of their arms there. And I want you to help them by keeping their hand held high toward heaven today, okay? Just keeping their hand held. So, listen, turn to somebody to your right, to your left. Everybody, everybody, we got to help, we got to help hold each other's arms up because the enemy We'll gain the advantage if our arms go down. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome to know 
And we could do this all day long as somebody is there supporting us, as long as somebody is there helping us, as long as somebody there is holding up our arms, right? We could do this all day long. Why? Because the rod of God is on our side and because we have the help, we have the support, we have the affirmation, we have the encouragement from somebody on our right and someone on our left. We got an Aaron and we got an Ur that is there with us so that we can hold the hand and the rod of God toward heaven amen all right you can put your hands down <clears throat> now I want everybody to look at me and listen to me and I want you to hear my heart from what I'm about to say you know that weariness that you were feeling in your shoulders that achiness that feeling of being tired and questioning, how long can I do this? Do I have what it takes to continue to do this for an extended period of time? Well, if you were experiencing that kind of tension and stress and challenge by what you were feeling in your arms, I want you to know that we have a lot of people who serve on our dream teams that's what they're feeling. In our children's ministry, in our, what we call our host teams, small group leaders or lack thereof, just the simple things of making a difference, of supporting the mission. And to be more specific, I had some of our team to do a little research and I asked them, I said, how many people are currently serving on our dream teams on a monthly basis? 36% are actively engaged in serving on our dream team on a monthly basis. 64% who attend on a monthly basis are not engaged. They're not engaged, therefore they're not really supporting the mission. We come, we do our thing on Sunday, right? We go to church, we're taking it in. We are perhaps spectators watching the battle unfold, but perhaps we are not supporting the mission by leaving the grandstand and actually getting involved in the game by supporting the mission. You say, well, how do we support the mission? <laughs> Again, I'm glad you asked. By saying, God, show me how I can make a difference. God, just show me. God, lead me. Wherever there's a need, God, I'm available to help fill it. God, wherever I can lend support, then God, use me to help make a difference to support the mission of leading men and women and teenagers and boys and girls to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. God, count me in. Here I am. I'm available. Use me. And you know, when we do that, it's amazing what God can do, listen, through us. Remember, up until this point, hey, God had been fighting the battles for the people of Israel. But now God says, no, no, I'm putting the ball in your court. Now I'm going to help you, but I'm going to fight through you because now it is your responsibility to take back what the enemy has tried to steal. And that's the beauty of the local church. I believe with all of my heart, the local church is the hope of the world. But the, listen, but the local church can't reach its full redemptive potential if we are not engaged in the battle and if we're not supporting the mission to advance the purposes of God. What did Jesus say? I will build my church and the gates of hell will not 
prevail against it. Guys, listen, we've got to start pulling harder. We've got to start working together because when we hold up the rod of God, listen to this, which is the power of prayer, that's what Moses was doing. That's when we have 21 days of prayer and that's when we have people who pray with people who are intercessors in our church who pray over our prayer needs. You know what they're doing? They are acting as Moses who is holding up the rod of God towards heaven. But there are many others who are like Joshua who are in the battlefield. And you know what they're doing? They are using the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know how we defeat the enemy? You know how we overcome him? Listen, it's not through what we do. It is by the power of almighty God working in us and through us to push back the enemy and to take more and more turf for the kingdom of God. That's it. That's it. And so you say, well, but I don't know that I really have anything to offer. Let me tell you why this is so important. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12, it says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. What does that mean? That simply means, hey, there is strength in numbers. Amen? There is strength in numbers. I love what Mother Teresa once said. She said, one is too small of a number in order to accomplish great things. And it's the same with us as believers. In Romans chapter 12 Verses 4 and 5, it says it this way. In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined together to one another with each contributing to the others. You know why we have a parking team? You know why we have greeters? You know why we have ushers? You know why we have people serving in our children's ministry? You know why we have people who serve in the area of prayer? You know why we do what we do? And some of you may be a guest today and you're here for the very, very first time. Maybe you just moved to Orlando and you moved to Lake Nona, to this community. Maybe you moved away from your family, your friends, your support. You've been feeling alone, disconnected. Maybe you're going through that agony of defeat right now. Maybe you're carrying a lot of the weight and the burdens of life that you feel like are completely on your shoulders and you just don't know how much more you can take. And you're tired and you're weary of fighting the difficult battles that you're fighting. It could be a health issue, it could be a relationship issue, it could be a financial issue. It could just be feeling alone and overwhelmed by the burdens of life. And it would probably be extremely meaningful to know that you could go to a place where you are greeted with a smile, a warm hand, handshake, Someone to look you in the eye and say, welcome to the family. We're so glad you're here. Welcome home. Welcome home. That's what the church is all about. That's God's plan. There's so much at stake. So much at stake. And when we are not engaged and when we're not supporting the mission, guess what? We're losing. The enemy is gaining more strength and more momentum, and he's taking more ground. So we got to start pulling harder. We got to get together as a team and say, one, two, three, pull. So we can take back everything the enemy is trying to take from us. A very dear family has been in our, our church for a long time was praying for a spouse related to his spiritual journey and really related to the fact that he would 
just come to church because of his work and other circumstances. He would never, ever come to church. Most of the time it was because he didn't have the opportunity to come to church. But there was always a question mark and there was always a burden that the rest of the family carried simply because they just didn't know in many ways kind of where he was in his spiritual life and journey. He came to rethink life for the very first time on Easter Sunday of this year. And the family was so excited and it was an amazing thing to get to see him there. And sadly and unfortunately, he was killed in a plane crash just a little over a month ago. And I thought to myself, this is what we're fighting for. This is why we support the mission. This is why we have to be engaged. Because there are people who are coming into our community. There are people who are, listen, all around us at work. There are people that we know. There are literally, literally over 4,000 students on just this school campus alone who are lost, who are spiritually seeking, who need the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Everything is at stake. Everything. And so I just want to say this in conclusion, as we kind of spur the horse towards the barn, as they say in Texas. I want you to take your Connect card for just a moment. And on your Connect card, when you came in, if you haven't had the opportunity to maybe complete this as a guest, we just want you to know we're honored that you're here today. And the heart of this message is because we as a church, we want to come alongside we want to be that Aaron and we want to be that her to come alongside and lift you up. We want to say to you, hey, welcome to the family. Welcome home. We're so glad you're here. And that's our heart. And we're honored that you're here today. Hey, can we give our guests today a round of applause and just thank them? And we truly, sincerely mean that. Many of you here today call Rethink Life your church home. But maybe you haven't gotten fully engaged. Maybe you haven't necessarily been supporting the mission. And can I encourage you today to make sure you complete this Connect card. And you can drop in the offering here in a little while. Or you can take your phone. This is what everybody does these days. You can take your phone, just open up your camera, and just simply hold it over that little QR code. And that little QR code will take you to a landing page and it will have multiple buttons that you can click on to help you take next steps, to help you get engaged, to help you support the mission, to basically communicate to us, hey, I want to be a part of what God is doing. I want to find a team. I want to start helping make a difference through Rethink Life. And the other thing you can do is you can simply text with your phone. If you find it to be more convenient, just text the words RTL Strong to the number 97000. Why do we do all of this? Let's go back to the story as we wrap this up. Because what's amazing to me is that Moses had the support had Aaron and her on his side. They found a rock. And notice what it says in Exodus chapter 17, verses 13 through 15. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. And after the victory, Moses built an altar there and he named it Yahweh Nisai, which simply means the Lord is my banner. Well, hey folks, I have got good news today. And the good news is, is that Jesus Christ died, he was buried, and he arose again, and he is alive. And because Jesus rose from the grave, and the same power that raised him back to life is available to do something supernatural in us and through us when we give him the opportunity to do that. And so today, we have an opportunity to raise up our banner 
as believers in Jesus Christ, as our sign of victory. Hey, we don't pray for victory. No, we pray from a place of victory because the battle has already been won. And therefore, today we can walk and we can live in victory, not knowing, not just knowing who we are in Christ, but whose we are in Christ. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. With God, all things are possible and we can claim more turf we can win because God is on our side amen I want to just share this in conclusion for the second time can we just celebrate some wins don't you love celebrating wins don't you don't you just love the attaboys girls? I just love that and I want to give you some attaboys and attagirls. Y'all want to receive some attaboys and attagirls today? Come on, somebody. Man, holding up that Super Bowl trophy. That gold medallion, Olympic champions. I shared this last week. But I want to share it again because it's worthy of celebrating. Over the last couple of months, last 90 days, what we call... The summer drought. Every church in America goes through the summer season because everybody schools out, people travel, you know, it's just life. But here's the thing. Even in the dog days of summer, we had over 64 people come as first-time guests. Over 20 filled out a card and said, I'm putting my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ. We had 22 people that were baptized. We had 103 people participating in our six-week summer life group semester. We had 64 people that participated in our serve day, and we helped serve over 447 meals and delivered 100 backpacks for the glory of God. Come on, somebody. We have first-time guests, and if you're new with us today, we're going to send you a note to just simply let you know, thank you for coming. We're not going to show up unannounced. We're not going to be like a bill collector and harass you. But we would like to just send you a simple note and just say thank you. We're honored. We truly mean that. We're honored that you chose to worship with us today. So we sent one of those emails out the person responded back and said thank you for reaching out we were very impressed from the moment we pulled on to the property even though you are meeting in a high school we were somewhat apprehensive about what to expect But we were greeted by a helpful parking attendant. Come on, somebody. The front lines. The front lines. The parking team. Don't ever think what we do doesn't make a difference. And then they went on to say, and everything flowed from there. Your signage was very helpful and your greeters were great. And I love this. We truly felt at home. I had a text that somebody sent to me the other day. Very, very dear family. And they said, Pastor Rodney, we are happy to share that today we fulfilled our Imagine 2022 pledge that we made at the beginning of the year. May God bring his vision to fruition. Folks, these are people who are supporting the mission. These are people who are engaged in the battle. And these are people 
who are going to celebrate the wins for all eternity. Why? Because God says, listen, God promises that when we give, he returns. Listen to this. A hundredfold for all eternity because of the investment that we are making, not here, but in there, if, but up there in heaven where it truly matters. We are, listen to this, we are laying up treasures in heaven, but while we're here, we're reaping the benefits of taking more turf for the kingdom of God. I had a family who's going through a difficult time season with a teenager and we've been standing with them in prayer for a long time and they were just walking through some dark dark challenging moments with their teenager the teenager was in church recently and came and hugged us and you could just see the joy of the Lord, the countenance of their faith had completely shifted because of the power of God and answered a prayer in a family who has been restored. They got their teenager back. This is my prayer for all of us today. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Can I encourage you today to say, God, show me, lead me. And if you don't even know where to begin, fill out that card, text RTL Strong, put your phone over that QR code, let us walk you through your best next steps to begin making a difference for the glory of God. My prayer is that one day as a church, we will experience what the Acts 2 church, the first church, the first century church experienced. And it says, a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had, all the while praising God and enjoying the good will of all the people. And I love this. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That is simply an amazing thing that God wants to do in us and through us to win the battle, to take more and more turf for the glory of God, to advance the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Well, let's pray and let's bow our heads together in prayer. And I just want to say today that if you're new with us here at Rethink Life, maybe you're watching online and maybe God has spoken to your heart and maybe you're just unclear, you're unsettled in your heart and your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and, and maybe today you're just sensing the important need to go all in with Jesus. Because there's a difference between having a relationship with Jesus Christ and being a good person. or There's a difference between knowing God personally and intimately and knowing about God. There's a difference between religion and a relationship with Jesus. And if you're uncertain, you're unclear about where you are in your relationship with God, and you would like to nail that down once and for all, can I just invite you to pray this prayer and invite Jesus by faith to step out of heaven and step into your heart today. You can just say something like this. Just say, Dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I turn from my sin. Jesus... I believe in my heart that you died on a cross 
from my sin and you arose again. And today by faith, I put my faith and my trust in you to forgive me, to save me, and to change me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul today. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you happen to have prayed that prayer, would you let me know? Maybe you prayed that prayer online. You can just, you're watching on our main website there, Rethink Life. You can just click the little hand raise button there. But if you prayed that prayer with us today, would you just hold your hand high toward heaven today? Because we want to celebrate the win with you today. It's awesome. It's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful. Father, we celebrate with the angels of heaven today. For these who have made life's most important decision in their heart. And so, God, I just pray that you would make today a fresh new beginning in their hearts. And, Lord, as we take those next steps to grow and become all that you've created us to be, God, I pray that you would do something mighty in us and through us. Lord, for those who have already made that commitment, those who know Jesus as their Savior, and for those who perhaps call Rethink Life Church their church home. God, would you allow them to rearrange schedules, restructure some things in their life, their family, that will allow them to help support the mission as they engage in the battle so that they can contribute towards pulling helping take back more and more turf that the enemy has tried to take from us. Whether that's serving one service and worshiping at another, even if it's once a month, even if it's just for an hour, whatever it is, God, may you take what they commit to and multiply it, God. May you use them mightily to do something that maybe in their mind they think, well, I don't know that I am adequate or I don't know that I'm skilled or I don't know that I am really qualified. God, I pray that today that you would just make their hearts available to say, God, here I am, use me. And we'll come alongside like Aaron and her to support them, to encourage them, and to equip them so they have all that they need to keep their hands high toward heaven. Father, thank you.